Hi, this is Lisa Davis, and welcome to another episode of Talk Healthy Today. The show provides you with the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. People tell me listening to the show is like overhearing two friends talking about really incredible health topics that you want to know about. I like to really get to know my guests and I'd like you to get to know them as well. So we delve really deeply into topics and I like to share some personal anecdotes as well. To make sure you never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today, be sure to subscribe. Also rate and review. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis, and if you enjoy my podcast, Talk Healthy Today, then I know you're going to enjoy my brand new podcast with the wonderful Sunny Days, whom you've heard on the program. And if you haven't, please check out the interviews that we've done here on Talk Healthy Today. It is called Active Allyship. It's more than a hashtag. There are going to be honest, unfiltered conversations. We're going to be talking about what's happening right now with race in this country, how important it is for us to be open, how to be allies, what it takes to be an ally, how racism and feelings of bias are in our culture and how they affect each and every one of us. It is so important. We need to change things. So please join me, join Sunny, join us on Active Allyship. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Thanks. Enjoy the show. I was so excited when I got this book because I am obsessed with hair. I am way too obsessed with hair and beauty in general and natural beauty. So I just went, was over the moon. I read the book. It's absolutely fantastic. It is by our guest, Ronnie Citron Fink. The book is called True Roots, What Quitting Hair Dye Taught Me About Health and Beauty. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm just so excited to have you on the show. I mean, the book is wonderful. And it's interesting. I love how you start the book. You say, I've come to think of this book as a negotiation between health and beauty, a conversation that started when the two collided with an obsession, hair. So in the spirit of honest dialogue, I have to begin with two confessions. One, I love my dark dyed hair until it stopped loving me back. And two, I'm not going to tell you to stop coloring. Now, what I love about the book, Ronnie, you don't tell us to stop coloring, but boy, you give a compelling argument. So let's talk about your journey. Talk to us about these uh, these things colliding in your life and, and what you decided to do and not do. Well, <laughs> um, True Roots is my story that um, examines the beauty aspects of going gray. And I experienced some angsty aging aspects <laughs> that went along with it. But it goes kind of beyond this cultural moment that we seem to be having with women who are embracing their gray to ask important questions about hair dye. Um, I work for um, the Moms Clean Air Force. I'm the editorial director for the Moms Clean Air Force, which is a special project of the Environmental Defense Fund. And so I am very, very um, uh, well aware of, of the chemicals in our products. It's something that um, we work on. We work on at Moms Clean Air Force. We work on fighting climate safety for children's health, and we also work on uh, toxic chemical reforms. And, um, so I'm, I've been aware of this for a long time, and I had dyed my long hair, like the darkest, darkest brown, for more than 20, 25 years. And I started coloring in my early 30s to cover the gray, um, that seemed to just keep multiplying daily. And so as my gray overtook my dark color, my almost black hair, I needed to color mm -hmm. more and more. And my coloring 
became labor-intensive and increasingly expensive, of course. And um, I had a tipping point. (laughs) Um, I was, was, you know, my relationship with with Di kind of reached this point when I began to work really deeply about 10 years ago in the environmental health field. And um, so I was sitting in in an EDF health meeting about the buildup of toxic chemicals in our bodies. And this, the environmental health scientists rattled off this long list of ingredients in our personal care products. And, um, you know, as this health journalist, which I am, what I write about, I knew that most personal care products like makeup and hair dye are unregulated and untested in the United States. So and I looked around the room and I watched my colleagues wiping off their lipsticks and peeling their <laughs> nail polish and I could like almost feel my scalp tingling. And so I asked the scientist, um, is hair dye toxic? And it really was her answer that led me to investigate and write the book. Um, she said to me, the economic success of hair dye collides so powerfully with popular demand, you know, but but once you get all of this knowledge and once I did all the the um, the research, it really bolstered me to keep going, Gray. I kept, it, it's funny because I kept this draw of, of hair dye products because I would go to the salon maybe once a month or so and have my full hair head done. And then in between, at the end, I had to dye my part that gunk line that, you know, would show up like the minute right. I would walk out of the salon, it felt like, <laughs> and I had, you know, I had to dye that myself, um, otherwise I was going every two weeks, so um, I kept oh, it wow. all, I really did, it was almost like I kept it all, all through the writing of the book, and every now and then I would open up the drawer and I'd go, it's gotta go, it's gotta go, but I'm not there yet, <laughs> you know, I can always go back to coloring, people would always say, oh, you can always go back to coloring if you don't like it or if it makes you feel old. It's, you know, so I, I finally, you know, did get rid of that, 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 uh, draw of hair, um, paraphernalia and, and really have never looked back at this point. I absolutely love it now. It's so easy. And, you know, I had these three reasons people kept asking me, you know, why are you doing this? You know, why would you do this to your beauty? Why would you do this now? And I said, you know, I have, I said, the upkeep, the cost, and the chemicals just, they had, they had just kind of, they had, they had taken over my hair obsession. <laughs> and, you know, I was really worried because gray hair is, is equated with aging. And I was concerned that I would look older. And people kept telling me, oh, you'll be invisible. Even my hairdresser said to me, my, she's no longer my hairdresser. <laughs> she said, oh, you'll, you know, you'll be invisible. It'll wash out your face. And, your complexion and, um, you know, but as I was going through this transition, I noticed that more and more women were, you know, making this kind of a mainstream beauty choice and, um, you know, and while this gray hair is enjoying this cultural moment, you know, the $70 billion hair and beauty business continues to perpetuate that myth that going gray will make you look older. You still do not see gray hair models, very few gray hair models. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, and and of course this goes along with the marketing of the whole anti-aging products, you know, 
Um, yeah. Why would anybody I hate want to die aging? I guess it's about making choices, right? Like, what what do you want to put in your body? What do you want to put on your body? What are you willing? to do to your health, and then you can make a decision. And that's why your book's so great, because you spell it all out. And you're saying this is what you're doing. Talk to us about PDD, or is it P? I know it's PPD, right? And why that's so nasty. Well, well, PPD is a particularly dark dye. And it's it's what they Mm -hmm. is what's considered a coal tar dye. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it's derived from petroleum. And coal tar dyes Mm -hmm. are associated with health effects that are allergic reactions. It's one of the most common allergic hair reaction to a hair product that um, dermatologists and allergists see. And it also has links to cancer. So, um, you know, there are lots of chemicals concerned. That one particularly that, um, you know, I, I found really, I found really kind of fascinating because I dyed my hair very, very dark. And, you know, as I started digging into it, I found like that's, like BFDA had this like kind of nifty coal tar hair dye safety checklist that you know with twenty different things to do if you're using a coal tar dye. I knew nothing about this, and I kind of wager that my hairdresser knew nothing about it. You know that you know I never had a patch patch test. Hair dye dripped into my eyes and caused stinging. You know, I had no idea how long the dye had to stay on my hair. My colorist kept telling me that my gray was getting resistant and the dye needed to be left on longer. And, you know, I imagine when I, when I now that I'm, you know, kind of traveling around and talking about the book and, um, and meeting with women, um, I'm finding that everybody's like nodding their head. Yeah, yeah. When I scratch my head, I get like dye on my, you know, fingernails. And, um, you know, oh, I, ha- I get migraines, too, and I've had allergies. And, you know, I- I'm starting to get some of these responses. And so it's, it's, it's really interesting. But, but PPD is one of, the, one of the really, really nasty ones, you know. Um, I mean, you know, there's ammonia is a pretty, pow- you know, ammonia is in most hair dyes. You can find some that are ammonia-free. But, you know, it's a potential endocrine disruptor. You know, it's an asthma trigger. And I, you know, one of my, um, what my current hairdresser (laughs) is actually a barber, which is kind of interesting. He was a hairdresser, but uh, he was starting to have asthma. And and as we were talking, and, and I read about this in the book, as we were talking, and I was giving him all this information, and he, he stopped, he actually stopped dying. So it's almost like we had both had this, this, you know, this, um, this wake up call (laughs) together, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, but for people who are really interested in looking at these chemicals of concern that there's, you know, there's a a bunch of good environmental, environmental health websites that, um, that you can check the chemicals in your, in your products, and, and hair dye, you know, one is the Environmental Working Group, and Made Safe is another one that that certifies certain products. And um, I found that um, the Women's Women's Voices for the Earth did a um, a report, a very in depth report called Beauty and Its Beast, and they looked at mm-hmm. the impact of toxic chemicals on salon workers, where which is. What has, which is where I found the most research 
was um, on salon, you know, with salon workers because they work with these chemicals every single day. And um, that, that's really, that's something to really check. But in terms of like the, the you know, the American Cancer Society classifies some of the chemicals um, in hair dyes as reasonably anticipated to be human carcinogens. And um, NIH, and NIH cites hair dye as a major risk factor for certain types of cancer. I knew none of this. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's really scary. interesting that it's scary stuff. And, and it, uh, Dominique Browning wrote the foreword for, the, for my book, and um, I work closely with her. And, and she said, listen, we're racing for cures for heartbreaking diseases, and that we should also focus on another race, the race for causes. We need to know what caused these diseases. And, um, you know, it, that wasn't my ultimate goal for writing the book, but I certainly, certainly, you know, came up with some really, you know, with some really eye-opening, um, eye-opening, you know, revelations about particularly, you know, this kind of toxic brew of chemicals in indoor salons. Well, you know, what's interesting is that one of the things I've noticed is when I've brought it up to different stylists, they're all like, oh, no, it's no big deal. I said, wait, how many keratins do you do a week or how many? Oh, I do them all day. I'm supposed to wear a mask, but I don't bother. And I'm like, you really should. I can give you some information. No, no, I'm fine. Now, I'm not going to sit here and generalize all stylists. That's been my experience with like three or four. But it scared me a little bit. Because I think yeah. it's that same thing of like, I don't want to really, this is my career. You're going to come in here and tell me I'm damaging my health. I have a family to support, or this is my passion. I love doing hair. What do you expect me to do? It, it's that same knee jerk reaction of me of like, yeah, but I only keratin once a year. But I really do worry about these men and women who are in these salons and aren't taking the precautions they can take. And even with the precautions, you're still, I mean, you're still going to breathe it in. Most of the people that I've spoken to in the salon industry are like, whoa, you know, they're really, you know, I knew that just like you're, you know, I knew I should wear gloves. I knew I I I should wear a mask. Um, You know, but, but, you know, the survey found, have found that like 60% of salon workers suffer from skin conditions. So, and have decreased lung functioning and have higher risk of asthma and all of these have low birth, you know, weight babies. So, What's really interesting to me, and one of the things that kind of was an overarching um, surprise to me, was that uh, that we we really don't know how these chemicals like interact with each other. Part of the problem is, you know, doing it once or doing it a million times, you know, or you know, six times a day or however many times a week, um, uh, doesn't necessarily um, predict the outcome of, of health. We just really don't know how they, how these chemicals interact with each other. And we're all capable. You know, we all use chemicals every single day. And obviously, you know, the idea is to lessen these chemicals. But, and, you know, I felt like when writing the book, I understood that, like, you know, like, that some basic understanding about how chemicals work doesn't necessarily mean that everybody who reads my book is going to quit hair dyeing. I mean, but it seemed like a transformational moment. And, and, you know, as these kind of deeply ingrained beauty ideals about gray hair has become a little unhinged and seems to be shifting. So 
It kind of was my hope right. that knowing that we have this chemical hairprint, you know, what we're, what we're putting into our scalp, which is such a rich blood supply, you know, can have an mm-hmm. overall effect on our health. And I just thought, you know, writing about it would make other women kind of ponder the possibility that there could be beauty after coloring. So it certainly was yeah. me. I wish I had done it sooner. Well, you did an amazing job. And one of the things, and you're going to have to come back, you only have a few minutes left, but one of the things we didn't get into <laughs> is, you, I love how you write this. She's let, this is uh, italicized. She's letting herself go. Let me be clear. As we move through life, we don't let our hair go gray. It grows gray. I love that. Ronnie, that is brilliant. <laughs> and that whole idea Thank of you. you're letting yourself go. I mean, it's just so maddening. Yeah. Yeah, listen, if it's not, you know, there's a certain about, amount of empowering that goes along with this, you know, and I think that it's, it's really powerful to feel comfortable in your own skin, you know. If it means letting your hair go gray, then you do it. If it doesn't mean letting your hair go gray, it won't seem much like a power move to feel self-conscious about, you know, having this skunk line and having to feel older or whoever you feel. So for me, it's been immensely freeing. And um, it's made me feel stronger to know that I'm also protecting my health by lessening this kind of body burdening or body pollution. Um, but the journey to uncolor hair is different for everybody. And, um, you know, I- I've noticed that, like, women around the globe, there's, there's these Facebook groups, Going Gray groups, and Silver Sisters social yeah. media groups. And they're really, really fun. Um to engage with because you, you know, you really get to ask the questions and you see the transitions, you know, it's a, it's a big, long transition, whether or not you, you know, even if you cut to it, your hair to a pixie, which I did not, I could not do that. <laughs> like I said, I'm too obsessed with my hair to, to cut my hair to a pixie. I just couldn't do it. But, you know, so many people look beautiful with pixie haircuts. And, um, right. you know, that's a quick transition, but you still have to get used to the fact that every time you pass the mirror, you look different. You know, you look different to, to people, to, to your family, to everybody. And, and, it, and there's, a, there's an internal feeling that goes along with that. And, um, you know, I, I felt like that, that's really, that kind of helped me get through it all. Also, I write about some of that in the book, um, yeah. that, that you're not really alone and you know, like I said, that's, we are having this cultural moment where, you know, you can you, you you notice that people who have read the book have told me, oh, you know, all of a sudden I'm noticing all these women with gray hair. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it's beautiful. I can't, mine does not, and I'm not, I mean, I I literally have just a few on the hairline, like near my That's ear. amazing. That's You're it. lucky. <laughs> You're one oh, of the lucky I guess. Ones. Yeah, but then I feel like I can't, if I want, I, I mean, is it going to happen later? Is I, I don't know. I mean, my mom didn't have any gray in her 50s until she got cancer. Unfortunately, she passed. But when she lost all of her hair and then it grew back, it grew back gray. My dad is gray, though. So right. I don't know. But it's just interesting because I look at these women and I think, wow, I'd love to do that. But I don't, <laughs> I don't have any yet or I don't have enough. But hopefully I will. But I think when I do start getting it, I don't want to go to hair dye. Um, I want to save all my chemicals for my twi- once or twice a year keratin. So, <laughs> but anyway, you're fabulous. You <laughs> how can people, yeah, right? So how can people learn more about you, Ronnie? <laughs> True Roots, again, is the book. 
Well, they can go to my website, RonnieFitchandFinks.com. They can certainly, um, I, you know, I am the, like I mentioned, the editorial director of Moms Clean Air Force, and that's MomsCleanAirForce.org. And um, we write about toxic chemicals in our health. And um, I'm, I'm all over social media. <laughs> and and I've, I have been touring a bit with the book, so... Um, on my website, no. you can check out the event. Oh, good. How long is your hair now? Because I love the hair on the cover of the Excuse book. It's me? beautiful. How long is your hair Oh, my hair, hair is long. Long, long like wow. that. I mean, if, you know, it's, it's long. It's, it's, it's a few inches past my, my shoulders now. Um, Ooh. I, I write about it in the book how it had to be cut. I, I had to cut it because my daughter got married. <laughs> my mother kind of was like... <laughs> got to cut your hair you know even you get to a certain age and you know you still have your mother's voice in your head and and, and I did I cut my hair you know kind of um, my headshot actually is is um, the headshot that in the book is the day that I cut like the last crispy inch of hair off and my and my husband snapped that picture and uh oh great I I was so happy that I I said, I don't think I'll ever be that happy again. So it took wow. about two and a half years, two and a half years to get to that point. Wow. You know, well, you know it grows it like a snail's taste. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely does. I yeah. wish we had more time because I wanted to say, I'm so glad you brought this up. Uh, you write, black women are the most overexposed and underprotected to toxic chemicals and personal care products. You talk about the pressure uh, in the workplace. One in five black women felt the social pressure to straighten their hair for work, twice as many as white women. There's so many more issues. You'll have to come back. Thank you so much for listening. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. And if you enjoy my podcast, Talk Healthy Today, then I know you're going to enjoy my brand new podcast with the wonderful Sunny Days, whom you've heard on the program. And if you haven't, please check out the interviews that we've done here on Talk Healthy Today. It is called Active Allyship. It's more than a hashtag. There are going to be honest, unfiltered conversations. We're going to be talking about what's happening right now with race in this country, how important it is for us to be open, how to be allies, what it takes to be an ally, how racism and feelings of bias are in our culture and how they affect each and every one of us. It is so important. We need to change things. So please join me, join Sunny, join us on Active Allyship. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Thanks. Enjoy the show.